0: And I'm
1: your co-host, Tony Williams II. This podcast is all about the adventures that Danielle and I have as dance teachers and choreographers living here in New York City. We'll be sharing our experiences and all the ridiculous and hilarious truths.
0: However, to keep the identity for of the students and companies we have worked for safe, we won't be mentioning any by name, and if we do, they will be changed.
1: That being said, let's get into today's topic. Topic? A few pounds. So we wanted to talk about some of the unhealthy practices when it comes to dancers losing weight. So maintaining your weight or being an ideal weight is a big thing in the dance world. Everyone wants to look good. And the thing that I have learned being both a performer and a choreographer and working with a lot of students from varying ages, is that healthy doesn't look the same on everyone else's body. It can be very very different based on a person's genetics, their eating habits, all kinds of things. So healthy can be very, very different for a lot of people. And in the process of being healthy, there are some really bad habits that Danielle and I have both seen and, like, witnessed firsthand when it comes to trying to keep those pounds off or trying to hit the ideal weight. And we just want to talk about those and the, the caution that comes with teaching young dancers as they, you know, learn their bodies or figure out their bodies. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about is knowing your own body. So while it is super hard to convince a dancer that someone else knows their body better than them, because again, we stared ourselves in the mirror 24 hours a day because of class. It's important that you know the good and the bad for your body. Like I know for myself, I'm a weight fluctuator. So I very easily pick up weight and I very easily drop weight. It is both a cursing and a blessing because I'm one of those people that if I have two weeks where I don't do a lot of exercise, I can gain three pounds Mm -hmm. in two, three days. Yeah. But then I can, I'm also very fortunate enough that I can drop weight very quickly. Mm, Not so much as two, three weeks. It can take me about a month, but I can drop five pounds in almost two weeks if I really pushed it. But that drastic jumping back and forth can be dangerous. So I'm very cautious about how drastically... I allow myself to shift back and forth between the weight gains, so I try my absolute best to never let it be more than 5 or 10 pounds. If it ever exceeds 10 pounds, then, like, it becomes a huge deal. Like, there was a situation in college where, like, I was going through a really stressful time with family issues and people passing and things like that, and so my weight jumped because I'm a stress eater. So again, knowing my own body made a really big difference.
0: Yeah, I have, um... I am kind of the same vein. I can I can lose weight um, quickly. It takes me more time to put on weight or, or I can lose weight slash gain muscle more quickly. I know that if I'm on vacation or take some time off of dance and working out and um, like, you know, a holiday break or even the summer break, I know that the second I get back into the gym, the second I go back into class, If you give me just a couple of days, a couple of workouts, my body will immediately be like, oh, Mm -hmm. yes, that's right. And kind of like resume where we were at. Um, So my body's good about that. But at the same time, um, I am the opposite of you. And when I get really stressed, I don't eat. And it's not a conscious decision. But it is a full-on, I just don't get an appetite. My body kind of just shuts down. I'm not hungry. I'll take a bite of something and be like, I'm full. And I will truly feel full. It has nothing to do with food. It's not a punishment. Mm -hmm. But I truly feel full and I just won't eat or I won't eat enough. And that's very dangerous because I usually when, when those situations arise, I don't realize until it's kinda too late that same. I haven't been eating enough because, you know, I'm trying to go on my day. I'm really stressed out. I'm trying to deal with mm-hmm. the things and I had the same type of situation in college. My senior year, you know, it's it's your senior year of college. I had my BFA thesis due. I had a yeah. uh, you know, a fifteen minute fully produced concert plus a fifty page thesis paper due. Um, Mm -hmm, Plus all the other things of, you know, trying to graduate. And I was very stressed and dealing with some other personal stuff. And I did lose weight. And it wasn't until I actually um, realized something like medically. And I kind of made a comment to my roommate. And she was like, you know, you look like you've lost weight. Like how much do you weigh? And I had no idea. I wasn't trying to do it on purpose. I, I fortunately have always had a very good relationship with food. Um, so that was, that's never been an issue, but, so that's something I know for me, when I start to get stressed out, I need I to wish. make sure I'm eating correctly. See, the
1: thing for me is that like, I, am so i the same thing. It's never a conscious decision, decision for me. I just start eating and I start eating and then literally I will start to feel sick because I'm, I'm full. Like I'm, I've eaten well past what my body needs and I start to feel sick. And that's when I usually go, Oh my God, you, you know you finished two bags of potato chips in one sitting, you know, you've, you know, you finished a whole pizza. Why? You know, a whole pizza in the course of, you know, two hours or, you know, something insane. And that's when I typically go, this is not okay. And I know for me in college, is one of my professors, you know, where she does, you know, love her to life. She was just very honest with me. She was like, what's going on this semester? You've put on all your weight back. And I was like, wow. She goes, you have, you're not balancing correctly. You're not on your leg, you know, like, she, and she wasn't mean about it, but she was, she was generally concerned, mm-hmm. you know, and she thought my passion for dance had died. And honestly, I was like, no, this is all this family stuff. She goes, yeah, well, it's affecting you. And I didn't, again, learning my body through that. I'm happy that I had that moment in college because as a professional, I've been so much better about managing my own body and my own bad habits to where I'm very conscious Mm -hmm. Again, I've had pizza two days in a row, and I literally, um, two days in a row, and before we started recording, I spoke with Danielle, I was like, yeah, I think tomorrow needs to be my vegetarian day. Yeah. I need to definitely, like, put healthier things in my body the rest of this week, because, like, I I went a little crazy this past weekend. Um, and once again, due to (laughs) stressing over family issues. So, again, I definitely, like, knowing your body makes a really big difference.
0: Yes. And it's something that... You don't get to, you know, it usually, unfortunately, you don't realize when you're younger. And it usually takes something happening, you either getting sick or getting hurt or Mm -hmm. seeing something happen to someone that you, you know, close to you and someone that you love for you to realize your own body. Um, But we're just trying to, you know, take this episode to really start to talk about those things and how can you recognize them and the good habits and the bad habits. And
1: and when you're not sure, go see a doctor, which is my next point. And this one is a... Huge pet peeve of mine. I do not believe, personally, this is my personal belief, but I strongly recommend this to anyone. I do not believe in any child, anyone under the age of 18, going on a diet that is not approved by a medical professional.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, as someone who has a lot of diet restrictions currently, these were things that, and they're, they're, from a, a medical, you know, a medical purpose, which we can go into in a little while, but this is something that my body kind of was had my entire life, and mm-hmm. really the only, the outcomes of it started to develop the older I got, mm-hmm. post-18, and really post, you know, post-21, 22, when your body is finally... Fully, settling. you know, settling, fully developing mm-hmm. your makeup. You know, they always say your chemical makeup changes every seven years. It was in one of those flux periods. Twenty, you know, you hit twenty one. Your chemical makeup's gonna change, or as
1: I said, puberty um, number two. Yes,
0: and puberty <laughs> number two. It's true. You are Again, all, all
1: research, all information that a you can find on the internet, yes. or a doctor will tell you themselves. Yes.
0: All um they doctors and and papers and research papers and anyone will ever tell you that. A lot of mental uh, mental health awareness and disorders do not mm-hmm. develop until, until about that second puberty until that second in puberty, eighteen to twenty five. Because yep. your brain does not fully develop till you're twenty five. Again, all this is facts, you can look it up. Um, but um so there's really unless there's something specific going on that a doctor or a nutritionist speaks to you and your parents about there should be no reason why you're taking it upon yourself under 18 years old to go I need to go on a diet.
1: And I also caution that to parents, I, I and teachers as well. We absolutely want our kids to eat healthy, but I and I understand the the arguments of chemicals in our food or over-processed foods, and I think all of those can be managed within reason, but to to offer for a child to be vegan or vegetarian, or pescatarian mm. or, those extre- or those extremes. And again, to an adult body, no, those aren't extremes. But also, you've been in that body, let's say, 25-plus years. You know how your body's going to react to red meat. Yes. And you know how your body's going to react to, you know, to seafood or to salty foods or to spicy foods. And if you have religious reasons, okay, cool. Not talking to you guys. Follow your religion. Yes. But when you are just like, oh, I saw this on television or I heard this... I'm gonna start doing this now, and I'm gonna have the kids do it with me. Go to a doctor before you make that decision, because it is again, as much as high fructose corn syrup and fatty foods and sugary foods are not good for you, a child's developing body does need some of the. Yes, bad. and
0: that's the <laughs> thing is like to an extent, your your it's why it's still develop- on the food yeah, Your child's developing body does need that. And it needs fat also, to burn to do these transitions. I, and changes. I understand if you choose again, let's religious reasons off the table because that's a whole nother thing, and yeah. that so is that's not, not that do. has nothing to do with like this at all. But I under choose if understand if you're an adult, if you're a parent, and you choose to adopt a certain diet, whether it be for medical reasons or just beliefs or whatever In going for personal,
1: I want to look better, reasons.
0: right? I totally understand that, but you really you can treat you can teach your child how to eat properly you can teach them mm-hmm. how to eat you know healthily but still having those options for them to pick and choose so giving them kind of everything they need for their body to still grow because again your their body is developing your body at post 25 is not and what is good yeah. for your body at 12 is not good for your body at 25 and vice versa like I know I actually I just got home from teaching intensive and one day I was at lunch and one of the girls said um, oh I really want turkey I have turkey in our refrigerator upstairs but I can't reach it and I said to her I was like you know hey um, there's there's turkey right here like turkey cold cuts Mm -hmm. and they looked good you know they were nice and dry they were shredded I ate them delicious and I am gluten free Mm -hmm. now I'm not celiac But I know for a fact neither was this child. She's not celiac. Mm -hmm. So celiac would mean if it's in contamination, then there's a problem. She's not celiac. And she was like, Yeah, but my turkey's gluten free. And I told her, I said, All all turkey is is gluten gluten free. All all meat is naturally gluten free when it's just the meat, no breading, no additives. And she kept being like, No, my turkey is gluten free. So, I finally was like, it's just not worth the argument. I went upstairs with her. I got her turkey out of the refrigerator because she couldn't reach it. And it was like, what's that brand? Like, Applegate? Is that it? Apple? Something uh, like something,
1: that? something to that. Turkey.
0: It's the same as any other Turkey. There's no additives in it. It's the same type of thing. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those things where, you know, she's being raised. Exactly. Mom and dad have trained her that this is the only thing that I can eat. She's being raised, quote, unquote, gluten-free and being told this turkey is gluten-free. This is what you can eat. Not even realizing that any meat is gluten-free. And that just creates a, you know, and again, people are going to say what they want. They're going to say, Tony, Danielle, you're not parents. You don't know. And, you know, you're right. You're 100% right.
1: By all means, raise your children to the yes. best of your abilities. But the, and I'm going to tell a story after this of why I feel so strongly about this. The reason why I say seek medical profession or medical professional with dieting for children 18 or under, or really 25 and under, but we'll settle for 18 and mm-hmm. under, is that your body is still developing and there are so many things that happen on an internal chemical level that we don't see or we don't like, think about. So I, um, I am lactose intolerant and it's really bad when it comes to milk. So I like the first time it happened, I just gave up milk completely. I was giving up cheese completely. Like I was giving up pretty much any type of dairy product, which was very difficult. And again, my weight started to fluctuate crazy because Mm -hmm. it was a really huge adjustment very quickly to my body. Like Mm -hmm. Tuesday eating dairy, Wednesday it wasn't. And literally, I went for a doctor's visit for um, start of school year as normal. And my doctor was like, your bones are looking very brittle.
0: Well, because the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that like, and again, you, st- you stopped eating dairy because you had the reaction. But a lot of things that parents don't realize, too, is that just because you might have a dietary restriction or develop a dietary mm-hmm. restriction on a, on a medical lem, on level. I'm not talking about, you know, choosing your own thing as a separate conversation now, but on a medical level does not mean it was passed down to your child or vice versa. Oh, completely. you could be totally fine. Could eat whatever you want. And your child could be just like, well, you only eat three thing, things. And
1: see, that's what the thing of, of it is. It's so like the whole brittle bones thing was my doctor's like, you're not getting enough calcium. You're not getting all the stuff that you get from dairy products in your body and so like he was giving me a whole like peel regimen and I was like oh no this is not going to work we've got to find a balance because I despise taking pills on a daily basis Mm -hmm. Um, but that like sitting down with him we had to talk about he goes okay well what's your parent history he goes are either one of your parents lactose intolerant and I go "Uh, I don't actually know Mm -hmm. and so couldn't get a hold of my parents so I called my sister and she goes you know mama drinks Like eat cereal with, like, water, basically. I go, wait, what? She goes, she puts, like, a teaspoon of milk and then, like, water because she really loves cereal, but, like, she's lactose intolerant. I said, I never knew that. Why did she never stop us? She goes, because, like, as a child, you would eat bowls and bowls of cereal like we all did, so they never assumed that we were lactose intolerant. Right. And I wasn't. I did not become lactose intolerant until I was 21.
0: Same thing. So I would eat (laughs) All the ice cream in the world oh god we i miss all, ice cream we all had milk like growing up you know with cereal to drink like there were no issues nobody was lactose intolerant nope. there were no issues at all and then when i was um i think i was 23 and so i, I started developing stomach issues around mm. 21 22. And nobody could figure out what was wrong and I would be just be in excruciating pain and things would bother me and we couldn't figure out what was wrong. And, you know, there was less research, you know, a couple of years ago. Like, you oh, know, yeah. seven, eight years ago, there was less research on all this, like, gastrointestinal dietary stuff. Yep. Yep. And, and more, yep. I remember one night I ate, I was starting to become suspicious, but one night I ate ice cream. And I didn't feel good. My stomach hurt. I was up kind of all night with stomach pain. And oh, I got yeah, up the next yeah. morning and I was like, I got to get ready for it to work. I got to go to work. I'm 23. I got to go. I, I have to go. I have to show up. And I went in the shower to get ready for work. And I'm in the shower and I just feel it come up. And I ended up getting sick. And the ice cream came up cold, which means it was never, never even digested, digested. in yep. the first place. And that was it. That's when I was like... Okay, we're done. And everyone's also your scale of allergies are different. I can eat cheese for the most part without an issue. Unless I'm eating a tonnage cheese, I can eat cheese without without no. an issue. I can still have some I can still have butter for the most part. But cream, milk, ice cream, Greek yogurt I'm usually fine with regular yogurt. Can't have regular yogurt. I cannot yogurt.
1: touch any type of yogurt product. Yeah. Um cheese is the only thing left I have. And honestly, the the heavy, the more processed the cheese is, the sicker I get. Mm. So the like the so the higher end fresher cheeses, which are super nice but also very expensive, right. my body, body can handle. I'm willing to say handle, but I don't get as sick or like it's tolerable with a few lactose pills. But, like, yogurt's off the table, milk is off the table. I honestly think I have a new discovery. I, I drank soy milk the other day, like, which mm. is my go-to when I was like, oh, I really want cereal. But soy I had bothering you? Soy bothered me. And I was like, so I'm, I think I'm going to have to give up all milk. But again, I have a doctor's visit coming up in a few weeks, so that's yeah. where we're going to have our discussion about soy milk. So, sitting down with the doctor, it's useful. Because again, or the the brittle bone thing, like I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking I want to feel better. Don't eat dairy. But he literally right. goes, your your body's missing something. And when I caution it for students, so uh, I was working a summer gig where we didn't. This is a summer gig that Danielle both know about. Um, they always weigh and do all the medical check-ins mm-hmm. when the when the students arrive. So that we can make sure that they're healthy, or if there is something wrong, we know about it. They are mm-hmm. actually checked out by actual nurses, yeah. people that do this for a living, not just for the extent of this program. And um, this one particular girl was, whatever the meal was that day for dinner, she didn't really want. So she was, like, doing the, she would usually do, like, the salads and soups and fruits and things like that. on alternative, but, like, still plenty of food to eat, because I would often do it myself. Yeah. If the food was too uh, dairy heavy. And one day, she was just like, I feel so tired. She's like, I've been so tired since I've been on this new diet. And I look her up and now and I go, sweetheart, how old are you? And she's like, oh, I just turned 16. I said, is there any particular reason that you're on a diet, if you don't mind me asking? Because you look good. And she did. She, beautiful, healthy, young girl. She was a dancer as well, so like... Mm -hmm. I saw visually no reasons for her to be doing anything above and beyond. Right. But I asked, I said, is there any particular reason that you're dieting? And she said to me, she said, Tony, well, my parents recently got divorced. Mm -hmm. um, And she said, and my mom wants to get healthy again. So I'm doing it with her. And I said that I'm sorry to hear about the divorce. I said, and that also like you and mom need to sit down and talk with a doctor about you dieting. I said, because mom's older, obviously. Mm-hmm. I said, it may be a little different. I said, sweetheart, you might be tired because your body doesn't have any energy left. Yeah. Depending on what you've removed out of your diet. And she goes, I was kind of thinking that. She was like, so every now and then I'll do like a little bit of sugar. I said, sugar. I said, but sweetheart, that's false energy. Yep. I said, that's only going to boost you up for a little while, but you're going to crash very hard from that. You, so you need sit carbs, down with the doctor. And you
0: need protein.
1: So she like, she ate a little bit better during program and then like three months later after program was over, I get a Facebook message from her saying, so I was borderline anorexic um, and that my, when we went in, she's like, we went in with a doctor because she's like, mm-hmm. the energy thing kept being a problem and I didn't want to start school that way. So when I went in with the doctor, he was like, you're, you're borderlining on anorexia because she's like, I'd lost even more weight by the time I went home at the end of the summer." And so she was like, I just, it wasn't a healthy, si- thank you for telling me to sit down with a doctor because I, I, I don't, I didn't want to be anorexic. I just wanted to be there for my mom, but I was putting my own body in danger. Yeah. And so it was just, again, uh, unconscious decision that put her, her life at risk of something very, very serious, Yeah. which I'm sure we will have a whole episode on anorexia and, and it's dangerous, yeah. especially when it comes to dancers. But I just, I would just strongly caution that if you want to be serious about your diet, sit down with a certified nutritionist, Sit down, you know, sit down with your family doctor, you know, like a specialist, meal planners, don't Mm -hmm. always trust the internet, check credentials before we check the internet.
0: Yes. You need to do those things. And also all of these kind of going into our next, you know, topic on this, all of these kind of fad diets, which some of them are great. You have to also recognize the difference and this is now going beyond being 18 years old oh yes these about are, being healthy now. these
1: are pro- predominantly four are 20-somethings and the i've tried every diet people yes
0: so you need to recognize the difference between what a diet is and what a lifestyle is and understanding yes. that you can't just choose to do a lifestyle eating for two weeks and then you're going to lose weight because that's also going to create issues but also that not every diet, we'll just call them diets, quote unquote. Not every diet is going to work for everyone. Yes. And people might sit there and rage about something. You have to try this. You have I to try this. We're going to buy it. You're going to feel so great. You're going to look so amazing. It's going to change your life. It changed my life. And then you don't get those results. I had that happen this past year. I have friends that do, so I try to stay paleo. I, uh, I try. I remember that. I try. Well, I try to say paleo in my in my life forever, just like in general, yeah. right? And that's what I do because
1: I know where you're going with. This I'm gluten
0: free, and then I I have recognized that when I choose to be paleo, when I choose to cut out grains and certain sugars, and there's some other stuff involved in this, and legumes. I really do feel great. My energy is even better. I realize that with legumes, like, beans bother me. When I get burritos, can't have beans. That does actually upset my stomach. Things like that. But I had a couple friends do the Whole30. And they're like, you have to do the Whole30. It's amazing. And a lot of them are like, you know, you basically already do the Whole30. Like, what you're, you know, there's one night mm-hmm. where I made, like, some chicken with, like, a lemon garlic sauce and mashed potatoes. And I, I of course, use, you know, almond milk and... Uh, Earth Balance soy-free butter, because that's just what I use in general. And they're like, already this, that's 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 Whole30 approved. And I was like, you know what? I was like, maybe I can do it. Maybe it's not as scary.
1: Now, when she mentioned to me that she was going to go Whole30, because my roommate had recently done Whole30, I was very skeptical, and I was like, well, Danielle's pretty good about balancing it out. I didn't think anything more of it.
0: Please yes. continue. So <laughs> the first couple of days I tried, I... Um, I felt very weak because on a Whole30, you can't have any sugar of any kind. Now, you can have fruit, but even, like, honey, agave, things like that, can't have it all, artificial or natural. You can't have any legumes. You can't have, which is also paleo, but you also can't have any, um, you can't have any, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking, any sort of grain at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, include, you know, no rice, no gluten-free bread, no, you know, no almond flour stuff, no tapioca flour-based stuff. And even on a Whole30, they don't want you to have potatoes, which are potatoes are a very big part of my diet. I've always grown up, mashed potatoes are like my favorite food ever. And um, like my roommates always laugh at me when they come home and I'm just making mashed potatoes for myself. Um, but I felt, so I started doing it and I felt very weak. I was trying so hard. And I remember we had a meeting one day at work, after work, and I just, and I had, I apologized to my boss after, but I just had to keep getting up and going to get more vegetables because I was like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Now, the other thing about me is I have bouts of low blood sugar. Diabetes runs in my family. Mm-hmm. So technically I'm pre-diabetic, which means I do need it. My sugar's not terrible, but I do need to make sure I am eating enough and Eddie, am having enough sugar in sugar Mm -hmm. in my system meaning proteins and carbs and fruit and all of that so i'm not feeling good flash flow flash forward a week or two and i've already been stressed out about other stuff in general i've been starting to kind of break out not really sure what's going on Mm -hmm. and the whole 30 just completely exacerbated it which is odd because everyone says, oh, my God, my skin cleared up on a Whole30. My hair got so you long. You feel euphoria my, you when feel you hit, so like, great. day 20. Right. But for me, because I have some other medical conditions going on. She was
1: getting sick. Like I was, was I was getting sick. sick.
0: I completely broke out. My skin was, like, it, it hadn't even been that bad when I was a teenager. So it was something that, for me, being paleo is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being gluten free is totally fine. That's what I need for my diet, for my, for my medical needs and purposes. But a whole 30 cutting out all of that stuff that quickly just completely broke down my body. And again, it's just about knowing your body. And that's what it was. Like, I spoke to a doctor after, and she was like, Danielle, you have, you know, you have the mother for a mutation. Your body can't handle taking all of that stuff out of it because it's already not functioning the way it should be. So, like, that's where <laughs> we're at. And it was an honest mistake. I wasn't trying to lose weight. No. I just was like, I had started to kind of get some skin irritations because I was so stressed. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just like reset my body. I'll feel really good. My skin will clear up. And in fact, it had the adverse effect.
1: And it's one of those things of, again, I, I, I as a weight fluctuator, I've tried many things like that. And I'm, I'm on a very stripped down, simplified version of... Intermittent fasting, which is everyone's newest craze right now. Oh, yes. And let me should say, before I did any of the research on this, uh, well, after doing the research on it, I realized that I kind of already do this because I'm a person that uh, when I first wake up in the morning, I am nauseous. Mm-hmm. I do not know why. It has always been a thing. So I always feel very nauseous in the morning right after waking up to the point where toothpaste, the mint smell of toothpaste makes me sick. So Mm. I'm the type of person that can throw up brushing their teeth in the morning. It's not fun. I've had this for forever. I am simply aware of that. But the the adverse effect of that is I never want to eat first thing in the morning Mm. or shortly after waking up. I don't want to eat. So usually I have to give myself an hour to almost two to three hours after first waking up. Now, being a teaching artist, and again, I had several residencies this past year where I had to be out the door by 7am at the absolute latest. Some days I would be out early, out the door earlier than that. I'm not eating, you know, when I'm rushing to work, I, you know, a full teaching schedule, a full choreography schedule, there's not always time to eat. So I would often be that person that I would maybe grab a fruit cup or a fruit salad, you know, or a breakfast bar or something like that in the morning but I really wouldn't eat till like almost one or two o'clock when my day kind of slowed down and I was transitioning to my next school or my next program. So I was already doing this. But as I looked it up online and did more research, I saw a lot of people doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. The goal, and this is a very simplified version, please go online, look up multiple sources. Again, speak with a doctor or nutritionist about this. Certified doctor and nutritionist. The goal of intermittent fasting is to choose a time frame in which you eat all of your meals, where you uh-huh. intake all of your nutrition. So for me, I typically do from a 1 p.m. to 1 a.m. because New York City, my days are often long. That's the window that I give myself. In reality, that's I will probably eat around 1 or 2, then that's like 7 or 8, and then it's usually like a snack before bed, or if I'm just up chilling, I'll eat again right around midnight. Mm-hmm. How heavy or I can tell you know the midnight snack is rarely very heavy. That's usually like leftovers from dinner or maybe a second portion of dinner. Um, so that's what I do. Which means from the time I stop eating at one thirty a.m. in the middle of the night till one the next day, my body's just burning what it has. But I, there have been moments where I've not eaten enough during that time frame and I had to break that. You know, and that, again, knowing my body, I was going through my teaching schedule, and I felt lethargic by class number three, and I said, oh, no, this doesn't work. You didn't eat enough last night. So I immediately, like, stopped what I did, threw my assistant up to do a warm-up, and I went to go Mm -hmm. get food. Yep. And I, Danielle was sharing a story about a young lady that was doing intermittent fasting, but she's like, oh, I only try to eat, like, once a day.
0: Yeah, she was, I was... (laughs) I my, my boyfriend and I were waiting for brunch. We like have, we're like waiting to get called for a reservation. We're like standing outside of this restaurant and this girl is talking to this guy and he's like, Oh, it's gonna you know, it's gonna be about an hour wait. Are you okay with that? And it was like the afternoon at this point. And she's like, Yeah, it's fine. I'm doing intermittent fasting, so I only eat once a day at like three or four anyway. And I literally turned around to my boyfriend and I was like, Oh my god. And of course he was like, What's what's wrong? What's wrong? And I'm like It just drives me nuts because it's not my place to interrupt your conversation. I don't know you. It's not my Mm -hmm. place to interject. However, that is so dangerous and unhealthy and incorrect to go around saying intermittent fasting means I only eat once a day. That's 100% not what intermittent fasting is. And that is something where, unfortunately, I've heard this being said more than once by multiple people where they're like, I only eat once a day or I only eat twice a day. And I'm like, that's not intermittent fasting, though. That's just choosing to not eat, which is a problem. A problem.
1: Because, again, internal genetics thing, and this just comes from years of workshops and learning that I've learned this and speaking to medical professionals about my own self. When you don't eat, your body, yes, it starts burning off fat. However, when the body is hungry and when the body is starved, it will start breaking down anything it can to nourish itself. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it will take out fat. It will take out some he- um, some thinner, healthy organ cells. Mm-hmm. Like It will start
0: eating away at itself. It takes out muscles, which is and why. And muscle will go first. Which is why. Before when, fat. When people are do have anorexia, which we understand is a mental health disorder and is a relationship. Absolutely. You know, that's a body a image in relationship with It's a true disorder. Food. But that's the reason being why people look the way they do. Why also the difference between how you look on the outside of anorexia versus binge eating is so different, why it's so easy to tell if somebody's anorexic or show signs is because their body does, um, it can't completely, hold anything. It, it, it completely, it's, it, it eats the muscle, it eats your organs. That's why a lot of people who have anorexia so bad and are hospitalized end up dying from Not from starvation, but from organ failure.
1: Yes, because Um, they cough up blood. It's like, yeah, it it becomes a thing. And the amount of young performers and dancers, but performers, too, that I know that have sadly slipped into this mentality Mm -hmm. or have slipped into these disorders or slipped into dangerous territory with these disorders simply because she's skinnier than me or she's, you know, he's bigger than I am or she's bigger than I am. And another big thing that plays a part of that is genetics. Mm-hmm. So we would all like to believe that we have great genes, but as me and Danielle have both told you, we both have had medical issues and things that are gonna be preventative issues that gonna make it difficult or harder to gain weight or to lose weight. I literally, in my, genetically speaking, in my family, until the women reach second puberty and their early uh, to mid twenties, they're string beans, tiny, 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 tiny women. Like my sister. Yeah, Never weighed over 125 pounds until she went to college. Mm-hmm. And now, full-figured woman, kids and the like. But prior to this, every, you know, she would bruise easily. Everyone was concerned. But again, genetically speaking, we'd take her to the doctor. She's perfectly healthy. That is just how her body is. Yeah.
0: That's how I was, too, growing up. My mom was the same way. My mom was, you know, my mom also has even smaller um bones and muscle mass than I do Mm because my dad, my dad's bigger bones and has more muscle mass which is where I got that from and I also am constantly working out it's part of my job, I teach dance Um, but uh, my mom was always tiny and still has, you know, really skinny legs and really skinny arms and and she was always small and I um, so I was always small especially growing up dancing, Mm. I did not, you know I didn't, I really same thing kind of as your sister in terms of like Curves and development that really happened during what we call second puberty. Once I hit kind of 18, yeah. 18, 19, 20, and into my early 20s was when like those curves really started to form and those muscles really took definition. Um, so I was that, especially middle school and beginning of high school, especially it's hard. before I even before, before and right around when I hit my first puberty. I was just basically skin and bones with some muscle to the point of, and again, I have been fortunate that I have never had a bad relationship with food. Mm -hmm. I, you know, grew up in a house where like food was something, you know, we ate, we cooked, you know, we celebrated with it. It was always a good thing, but I definitely, I had an issue. I remember in in not college, in high school, I was a freshman. So I was 14 or 15 years old, very skinny, not developed at all you know there I had no curves I didn't even have a lot of muscle mass at the time. Mm-hmm. I probably weighed less than 90 pounds at mm. 14 years old to be honest and not because I was sick but just because I that's just how I was Our body
1: would not pick it up you and
0: know. Um, you know when I was dancing five five or six days a week um, and I had a teacher call my see me at lunch in high school just eating some french fries and not really eating a lot during ninth grade and call my mom or had or had my advisor or somebody call my mother and say, I think she has a problem and actually pull me aside as well and say, do you have a problem? Do we need to talk about it? Should we call a doctor? Should we get the nurse? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> and that, that's also just as dangerous as telling someone mm-hmm. you do need to lose weight or you do need to be in better shape. That's just as dangerous, because I didn't have a problem, but you, you know, you just don't know, and, like, what types of things some, you know, what type of words can trigger a person, and luckily everything was fine with me, but that's just well, as she bad. should have reached
1: out to mom yeah. first before going to you, so they yeah. could have handled it a lot better, and I encourage you to do the same thing. I speak, I have no problem talking with mom and dad, because, again, mom and dad can hate me, but the child will be safe. Right. That's how I feel about it, because even if I plant the seed that child is not eating healthy mom and dad can be like well I have noticed okay yes see that's not good that's not good you know like that. talk to doctor take them to a doctor like I'm very good about oh they can't come back to class unless I have a doctor's note
0: yeah you know and And that's that's, that's a big thing in a lot of studios and companies as well
1: and it's something that I like I've had to argue here in the city we're a company that I worked for where one of my boys he turns out he's just anemic which is Blood sugar gets low. Again, I've dealt with crazier things. So, anemic is not the worst issue I've had to deal with when it comes to dancers. Um, So, but mom is just very new to mom. So, mom didn't really want to tell anybody. But Bob kept showing up to class. And I, this was my advanced jazz and hip-hop class. And he's a stunter. He's a b-boy. So, we're doing tricks. He's doing head spins. He's doing flares. I got him jumping over people. I got him jumping in the air. So we're doing all this stuff, and there's an unknown medical issue that I don't know about that's happening. And I, like, he's telling me, like, oh, yeah, I just need to make sure I eat. But, like, my class is, like, 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning, and he's waking up 30 minutes before because he lives in the neighborhood. So I know he's not eating. Or, you know, sometimes Big Sister would tag along, but, like, he needs to eat. And I'm like, great, eat, then join us. Mm-hmm. So I just, it, finally, I went to my boss, and I go, I'm, I, I'm pulling rank here. I'm kicking Bob out of my class until I have a medical note telling me what's going on. Yeah. And my boss was like, we still don't know what's going on? I said, no. And I'm just not comfortable having a child under my care where I don't know what's going on with him.
0: Yeah. Because anything could happen.
1: And then when we found out what it was, I was like, oh, that like, I helped my grandmother deal with that. My mom has it. Like it's, it is still a medical issue that can be complicated. I so said, this is very manageable. Mom finally gave us a doctor's note. We're like, cool. He just needs to eat. I was like, we keep food and thing in our office for these types of situations. Right, right. But So we, we were just easily able to, to accommodate yeah. it. But again, that conversation with mom and dad matters a lot. Um, really quickly, I want to toss out some unhealthy patterns and signs yes. that you as dance teachers or parents or even friends can look for to start noticing unhealthy, like, eating habits. Mm-hmm. The big one that people don't notice but was a huge kicker back in our lovely 80s, um, it's smoking. Yeah. The smoking of cigarettes, and e-cigarettes,
0: it's, it's still weed. It still happens. I still know some people who Ooh, use yeah. it. But it's the it old ballerina trick. It's the old ballerina trick that was yes. very prevalent in the 80s and early 90s and not as much now, but smoking. Smoking suppresses your appetite.
1: Yes, it does. So, Smoking if I, and coffee.
0: Yeah. Smoking and coffee suppress your appetite. So if I have a cigarette... And a huge cup of coffee. I'm also gonna be able to have enough energy to go for a while without actually eating anything. Mm -hmm. Coffee's also a diuretic, so it's a twofold: it's suppressing your appetite and causing you to need to use the bathroom.
1: Yes. Speaking of using the bathrooms, laxatives. Mm -hmm. So this is this is the old wrestling trick. So I first heard about this in my life as Mm. sports person. See, I knew about this playing sports ball from other
0: belts. Ballerinas.
1: I learned from wrestling, and then I learned from wrestling specifically, and then the sports world. And then when I saw it happening in the dance world, I was like, "Oh, I know what this is." Yeah. Not it's, okay with me.
0: laxatives are a big ballerina one because again, just like coffee, but even worse, it's a diuretic. So you can eat, but then you take you take a couple of laxatives, and it wrecks havoc on your body. It's not good for you to be taking mm. laxatives, and any doctor will tell you you should really only be taking a laxative if you can't go to the bathroom for like a week basically and it's again an extreme
1: emergency everything gets
0: flushed out
1: yes the good and the
0: bad i knew i knew girls and i have a friend who even said it she was like yeah when we were in high school like we would just get you know the vanilla flavored chewable laxatives and eat them like candy
1: Mm -hmm. i learned about it in college before a show every girl like she would not she would eat perfectly fine and then the weekend of the show bathroom non-stop bathroom non-stop and like we were like what's going on she's oh yeah it's just a lot because it was working their way through my system and at, like of course we had we sent it up to our professors because we were just somebody like this is not okay again you're doing extreme damage to your yeah. body um, um
0: another one is um oh b- binge eating i i find as someone who has had friends with binge eating and um, like. Binge eating, bulimia, and anorexia, anorexic disorders. I find that binge eating slash bulimia is harder to recognize outwardly. Yes. Um. But a good tool, a good kind of sign that something might be happening is, um, if they you go out or you're you're eating with them and if they eat a lot, especially if they choose to order if you're out and they choose to order something that's An more unhealthy. Mouth.
1: An unhealthy, so, excessive amount. If
0: you order a big burger and fries, and then within ten minutes of being done, they disappear to the bathroom. That's a very big sign because it's an automatic, immediate, immediate need for release. It's not like a oh I'll eat and then when I get home in two hours I'll mm. you know make myself it's sick. Immediate. They need to they need to immediately make themselves sick. And so I, watch I'll, out for that need to go to the bathroom the right away. The disappearing
1: friend. Yeah. Is always and the one to if watch it's a for. lot of if
0: it's a lot of like not as not as good for you food and then disappearing that's a telltale sign um anorexia like we kind of talked about is a lot easier to notice obviously you're going to notice they're not eating Mm -hmm. um or eating very small portions um and then or the 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 effect on them they're going to start right they're going to you're going to start to look um
1: Sick. I would say e- almost emaciated is yes. the best word because the, yes the trick, that's the
0: word I was trying to the
1: trick is off. with anorexia unfortunately is that your your bones do not get smaller No, once your bones reach you certain burns bones don't go don't decrease
0: but your muscle does but muscle and your does. Fat does so and your you will start can. to look
1: very skeletal
0: yes you will look emaciated and that's and I
1: have I've worked with two dancers uh one in college one professionally the one in college medical issues prevented her from gaining weight. And, like, we threw her of when she gained 10 pounds. Um, she is a constant battle for her. Like, yeah. again, so do not take your body for granted. But her, for her, it's a constant battle for her. And I wish her the best of luck any time yeah. I see or hear from her. Uh, and, and the he's... other, and the big thing we noticed with her is that their their skulls were bigger than their bodies. Yeah.
0: It's a big, it's a it's a thing. And then another, um another big one and something that's, that... I didn't really know about till I went to college and then a girl who was in my program had it and was very open about dealing with this and I I seem to be seeing it more and more and more is yeah. um, what we call exercise bulimia which I, I I, could be wrong so don't quote me but I believe is now officially part of the eating disorder it's like the basically like what they actually like what, you know, researchers and doctors actually consider eating disorders. I believe that is now been like inducted into because that.
1: This one is a very tricky one to notice and recognize. And it starts from typically, not usually, but typically someone that once had an eating disorder.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Starts or to has th- one at the same time. Yeah.
1: Or they can coincide with each other. But typically they had one in the past or they're developing one or they have one. And they they cope they pair this very unhealthy very unhealthy eating disorder with a exercise schedule, a very intense and very heavy exercise schedule. And they kind of, if anything, replace another bad habit with another bad habit or pair two yeah. bad habits together.
0: And you'll notice that like exercise bulimia or exercise binging is exactly how it sounds. You're mm-hmm. you're binging you're you're binging on it. You're going to the gym or a workout class or dance class or whatever multiple hours a day and then almost
1: seven days a week
0: almost seven days a week if not seven days a week or and or you set a calorie goal i cannot leave the gym until i burn a thousand calories it is not easy to burn a thousand calories at a gym especially if you were of a smaller statue mm-hmm. it's not as easy there's a lot i can't leave the gym till i burn 1500 calories there's that or i've just been in dance class all day and now i gotta go to the gym for three hours at night these are all really big signs, really big, you know, I just, I got to get to the gym. Even if it's for 15 minutes, like, I got to hit my seven days a week. I got to get to the gym. These are really big um.
1: They're signs. warning warning and telltale signs. I had a friend who was a little old pudgy something when he was younger, um, got into his early 20s and, like, started naturally just working out a little bit and losing it, then became addicted. He flat out told us, he's like, I, I was addicted to going to the gym. Yeah. He's like, I would go seven days a week and I would be spending four hours there mm-hmm. each time for each session. Sometimes two times a week, two times a day. So yeah. eight hours in a gym, actually working, doing intense workouts. And he goes, I got sick. He was like, my body. He was like, I wasn't intaking enough food. Mm-hmm. And he, again, n- he was fortunate that no necessary eating disorders developed for him. But he was like, I couldn't eat enough food because I was burning it off so fast. Like my body was constantly burning, and your body naturally burns, right? But
0: you need to when you're but a high
1: caliber of burning off, his body couldn't handle it. No,
0: and you need a rest. Like this is when your bones will break, your your ligaments and and um, your ligaments will snap.
1: Well, it's why you get the muscle, the weightlifters that um,
0: your, you know, all any of your muscles will really snap or stretch, blow their
1: kidneys out, not their kidneys, their intestines out, and you get a yes um,
0: because your stomach, your stomach can't, like your muscles can't, again
1: your muscles cannot handle it, and so they, again, muscle atrophy and acid on the muscles, like all of that, are very real things that a doctor will tell you. By all means, go see them; they are there for a reason. And it just caught up to him like the soreness and his yeah. muscles like he ended up in the doctor's office missing work And the doctor's like you're, when do you, you ever recover? To,
0: yeah, you need that recovery time because it's not You're gonna make yourself sick. So the, these are some signs that if you notice Anyone has or even if you feel like you're starting to fall into a pattern if you need to talk to somebody about it um, you know, we really want people to reach out and you know when we um in our footnotes for this episode, we'll put some kind of, we'll put links to yes. eating disorder hotlines. We will and put links in, stuff in the like that post and of the episode and we'll also and post online. them to
1: our social media accounts. Yes. Um, so it's, and well, one more thing I kind of um, want to mention when it comes to just the the signs and patterns and kind of knowing your body. So I, I thought about this when you were mentioning how your body type um, were always smaller. I was always the reverse. I've always been... I wouldn't say a bigger guy, but a bigger framed guy, even Mm -hmm. at my healthiest and thinnest. I've been six feet since I was in eighth grade. So I've never been small. Yeah. So that is also, I've also seen a lot of people, particularly men, but I've also seen it in women too, where it's like, we have to be these giant, muscular, bigger dudes. That is what social media wants. And we've done a whole episode ranting about it. And I'm sure I'll rant about it again. Yeah. But I've also seen like my friends that are smaller do really unhealthy practices trying to gain weight. Yes. Muscle proteins is where I'm going. Yes. Again, they can be very rewarding. They can be great for some people. Not everyone's body is the same again. Not everyone is going to gain weight and look like the rock. Right. No matter how hard you we try. To,
0: you need to know your body. And so that's one to look out for. So un-
1: be yeah, be mindful of uh, heavy protein additives, vitamins, mm-hmm. and minerals. Again... All of those can be wonderful things, but you need to find the ones that are right for you. Right then. for you, and again, talking with a medical professional can't hurt. I will even send you guys, uh, send you guys to another podcast. It's called Sawbones. They do an entire episode about vitamins, yes, and multigrain vitamins and, and things me. like that. And how the good, and again, they're they're another podcast, and they too will tell you to seek medical profession. But that will give you a good jumping off point as to how. Some of it can be really wrong, yeah, and really right and at the same time
0: 100%. And I think before we wrap this up, though, the one final thing I want to touch upon, and this now plays a lot into um, as we get older, as we go into our, our 20s, we've seen this a lot, and Tony and I were talking about this off screen. Um, but the implications that occur. Um, via social media now and kind of the whole fits Pro fits pro. Is that even the right thing? I don't even know if that's how you write say it. But that whole thing we see it mostly on Instagram. Instagram because it's Snapchat, photo related. Yeah. Instagram, Instagram and Snapchat. Snapchat. And kind of the 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 good, the bad, the ugly, the really quick down and dirty what does it mean when you're so obsessed with posting your workout videos and your food and this is it. And what, what are you not thinking? What could it actually cause within yourself or somebody else when you're doing this?
1: So the must-come one that I see, and this one, it, I just, I, credentials, 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 credentials. Mm-hmm. Research, research, research. So you will see these really attractive men and female, male and female, that are shredded. They look like, like real-life Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Good on them. They're beautiful. Great. They will post their eating habits. One or two of them will be like, these are my meal plans. These are my workout plans. Mm -hmm. And then in the same breath or the next post, I'm selling these protein shakes. I'm selling blah, blah, blah. They are paid. They are paid advertisers by doing that. They have 2.5 million followers. So advertising this protein shake or this clothing line or this makeup or the, you know, this whatever athletic wear that I use when I work out or this protein shake, they get paid for that. The yep. problem with this is that not all of these individuals got to that got to that weight in a healthy way. Yes. Not all of them are certified knowledgeable physical trainers, doctors, therapists, in, nutritionists. In
0: fact, the ones that I see and I see this you and I I see 50/50. As, I've seen I some see, that are perfectly I qualified. Do, yes.
1: But they also get mixed in with the Charlotte. Yes.
0: I will say that a lot of what I see, too, is, is it's very prevalent in the dance and performing arts and oh, acting God, industry yeah. because it's all about how you look. Or so, you know, we are told to believe and vice versa and all that. Um, but it's, unfortunately, a lot of people, I've also seen a lot of this, a lot of this is... I used to struggle with this eating disorder this is what my issue was or you know this is what kind of I went through and now I am so healthy and I work out seven days a week which is a sign of exercise bulimia not of being healthy oh and I'm on I'm vegan I'm vegetarian I'm you know keto I'm paleo but the thing that we have to remember is again everyone's body is different and if you do feel the need to post every single day on social media, this is my workout, this is what I did today, this is what I ate, look at all these amazing photos of me without a shirt on or in a sports bra, how good do I look? Have you truly overcome that disorder?
1: This is just, to or me, nothing? that's just another symptom of the disorder. Yes. It's just an, evol- it's an evolved sim- symptom of the disorder that we live in the social media age.
0: You're and, and then what happens if you don't get the praise that you expect on that post? Do you end up binge eating? Do you end up purging? Do you end up going to the gym? Do you not eat for the next 3 days? Do you what? intensify your workout to a right. point where you're lifting where you get sick and you your, strain handle
1: because you didn't get the likes that you wanted to or you didn't receive that advertisement that you want to? And
0: these are very scary things that we need to think about when we are posting for ourselves, for other people, and also realizing that there are a lot of people out there who are always struggling with disorders, and are are you posting how you're quote unquote all better, and you're so fixed, and you're so wonderful, and I work out all the time, is that hurting or helping the people that you say you're trying to reach out to? So and
1: and again, I've, again, I've seen it from a lot of dancers too. I'm in this. This is what I do. This 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 this. this. Again, be be careful who you're listening because you always have some child out there that's mm-hmm. looking at you. And while you may not ask to be a role model, and this is a whole nother episode in and of itself being a role model, I think you have to be very cautious about what patterns and what things you're not knowledgeable that you put out there. And especially when it comes to something like nutrition and workout plans where injuries happen all the time without people trying. Again, me and Danielle have both shared our situations yeah. where we've put ourselves in not healthy situations without even trying. Yeah. So we strongly ask you to be aware, look out for your young dancers that are performing and learning and growing. And if you see a pattern, talk with mom and dad, yeah. pull someone aside. If you're a younger student, call someone you trust to talk about this. We want you guys to be safe, yes, happy and
0: healthy. And have a long career. Absolutely. That being said, let's
1: move on to our class shout out.
0: Yeah.
1: So this summer, I'm so excited. I finally got to return back to uh, a Senegalese West African dance class that I have not been able to take in, like, two summers um, because of, like, crazy life of being an artist and teaching all over the place. Mm -hmm. So uh, his name is Miga, and he teaches at Alvin Ailey on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m., and it is a West African, specifically Senegalese, um, which is one of my, like, favorite styles simply because it's, what I what I love about Senegalese dance is that they are very, they're very masculine elements to it. Mm-hmm. And then there's also just an extreme playfulness when it comes to Senegalese dance that I just simply love. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's my shout outs. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. And it's, again, it's never, I feel it, it's never hard, it's never difficult to learn, but
0: it's just fast. And I like that tempo is the challenging thing. So, I don't know. I'm a fan. Yeah. Tony and I actually took um, this class together, and it was super fun. I don't think I've taken I've, – I've had a couple of African workshops um, from work and stuff over the past year or two, but I haven't really taken a class for myself in a long time, probably since college or post-college. And it was so much fun. And uh, I just really love that, you know, that it's broken down nice and slowly. Then you start to gain mm-hmm. tempo and momentum. You're adding some arms into it. And it was really just kind of a do what you can class. And you could tell that the class was full of different levels of people, that there was no... um there was no hierarchy, and there was no, like, we have to be better than each other. It was just do what you can. And it was just a fun environment that was created. It was a really great environment. I got to really dance. You know, I, I chose how hard I wanted to push myself. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking for a fun class, this class was amazing. Again, Alvin Ailey, 6.30 p.m. right now on Thursdays. His name was, I don't want to butcher it. His name is Miga. Yes. Miga.
1: Well, that's it for us. The curtain has closed on this episode, but we hope that you will join us next week. And every week after that, we want to say a special thank
0: you to our listeners. Our numbers keep growing, and that's all thanks to you. Episodes come out every Tuesday. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music are perfect places to do that. You can find us
1: on Facebook at Point Your Toes. We're also
0: on Instagram and Twitter at PointPYT. You can email us at PYTNYC29 at gmail.com.
1: I'm your co-host, Tony Williams II. And I'm your co-host, Danielle Colangelo. See you next week on Point Your Toes, the adventures of an NYC dance teacher.